Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Yeah, the rule is you got to be 15 minutes earlier, or you're going to be a half hour late. Yep. That's yep. what I always keep in mind. <laughs> I hate being late, too. I do, too. You know what's so crazy is... You know, where I work around the corner, if you're late, you just missed your spot. Right. There's no, like, holding the show for you. Right. You're fucking lying down the block. We're not, fuck are we holding the, and, and 20 comedians. We'll hold back. for you, John. Yeah, 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 that's not happening. Episode 121, John Laster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Happy to be here. Yeah, where do you live? I live in, uh, in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Oh, okay. I'm in Brooklyn now, too. Okay, where about? Back again, Cobble Hill. Okay. It means Stuyvesant you, Heights. You balling. Yeah, I am in Stuyvesant Heights. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm bougie. <laughs> yeah, I was in Dumbo for years, and then Red Hook, and then I moved into the East Village. Oh, okay. So I went back to Manhattan. Dumbo and then Red Hook, you uh, you have an eye for what's about to start popping. It, it, true. <laughs> yeah. I was in Dumbo before it popped, yeah. and then I was in Red Hook yeah. before it popped. 2007. Yeah, it dude, you got to you gotta be someone's uh, real t- real estate consultant. Yeah, I love that Jay-Z line about how, like, oh, yeah. remember that one on the- Two million. Yeah, yeah. And, but now it goes for 40, oops, yes. or whatever. That line. <laughs> I love what was, that. What, what am I, a Dumbo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good album, too. Yeah. So you're you're from Denver, right? Denver, Colorado, man. Denver, Colorado. Yeah, Denver's very different though from from when I grew up there, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not from the part of Denver that's on, that was on the brochure, right? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, when I was growing up, people were like, I didn't even know that this type of shit happened in Denver, but my neighborhood was so bad they bulldozed it. Wow. So it's gone. They got rid of, you know, the projects we grew up in. They bulldozed the hospital. They bulldozed the school across the street. They were just like, let's, let's just do let's, a do-over. Yeah, let's pretend, <laughs> let's pretend this didn't happen. <laughs> Denver was like, you know what? We just going to act like that didn't happen. But I have friends from Denver, man. My boy Soder, my boy uh, Noah Gardenswartz. But both those guys, I tell you, when they were younger, yeah. their parents were like, don't go down there. Don't get off the highway for any reason down there. Soder right. as in Dan Soder? Dan Soder, yeah. Soda would tell you that. He's like, yeah, man, when uh, we were younger, you our parents were You get him in like, that seat, I'll ask him that question. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you ski, though? I know it's not the Denver you grew up in, but yeah. did you still ski? No, bro. No, we didn't, never? We didn't, we didn't have any money for that. You know what's so crazy is there was a time, there was a, a Christmas break, I believe, one time, and my friends, these girls were like, hey, you got to come skiing with us. You know, parents own da 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 you know, we can hang out, and I and I get to practice because I was a ball player, so high, mm-hmm. high school All-American. So I said it out loud. I was like, yo, I'm going skiing. These girls are about to take me skiing. And my coach overheard it, um, and he lost his mind. He was like, like no, you're not. yeah, your ass is not skiing, you know, all the knee injuries. He was right. like, you're, you have a scholarship to get the fuck out of that hellish place you live in down there. Yeah. The last thing I need you doing is twisting your knee, and now you're stuck, you know. Who right. knows? Because I, I wanted to rob banks, man, when I was like 12 and 13. So I might have had to pick that back up. Right. I twisted my knee. You, you know still might. You still <laughs> might. We <laughs> all still might. Entrepreneur right here from an early age. <laughs> so you were a high school All-American ball player. Yeah, man. I was, um, I was pretty good. They thought I was going to be the next guy to go to the NBA from Denver. But obviously that didn't work out. 
Right. I heard you on a podcast talk about because the coach had a problem with you. We hated each other. But you know what, though? You know, in hindsight, man, the truth of the matter is it was really me, you know, because I, I thought that this dude was a was a doofus, which he was. You know yeah. what I mean? But um, I don't know, man. I had the same problem sometimes with like Bernie and Elizabeth Sanders. Like and I was that person back then. I would rather have been right than happy. Yeah. Even though I was right about what I thought about him, mm-hmm. that didn't get me to the NBA. That didn't get me on the court so people could see me. Now I'd rather be happy than be right. Yeah, I'm learning that. Yeah, it's, I'm learning that in it life. It takes a while. It's tough. You it, gotta humble yourself. You gotta humble yourself. And I think about that consciously in the morning. Yeah. Hey, bro, humble yourself. Yeah. Act like you're a humble motherfucker and make the phone calls that you need to make. Get what you need to get done. Um, but but I I'm still doing that. I have to do it tomorrow morning. What do you gotta do? I got an app coming out, man. It's uh, to, wow. su- to support black businesses. But I got a call. Congrats. This big time law firm. Oh, thank you, man. Mm. That my guy set me up with and just tell these people like, I don't know what any of this shit says instead of trying to, you know, let my ego run. Like it's tech. I don't understand that world. And right. there's words on fucking contract. To them, they were like, oh, it's really simple. It's basic information. Eh, not to me. So Right. Yeah. So you got to humble yourself in that regard. See, to me, I don't have problems there. If I'm like a, like an idiot in a certain aspect, I'll, I'll just admit it. But in personal relationships, it's harder to humble yourself. Especially Very. if you think somebody's done you wrong. Yes. Because humans, you know, they, they like, you, you know, they have two sides to every story. Yeah. You know, it's hard yeah. to like humble yourself in that way. Really cocky back then, but like I said, I'd rather be happy than uh, than be right. That was that was a good takeaway from my basketball career. Yeah, and so did you? You went to college and played ball too? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the coach was, or the problem. Yeah, coach? Oh, you okay. know what's 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 really crazy? I don't know if I've ever told this story before, man. Is my college career when you're playing college ball? It's the head assistant that is really the guy that's pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. The head coach has got a lot of things to deal with. Boosters, the university, the media. The head assistant is the one who's giving out the minutes. So as long as you're cool with the head assistant, which you always will be because most of these guys stay there 15, 20 years, 30 years. Um, But if the head assistant leaves, it's almost like a new lion coming into a pack. They're going to kill the Cubs because they want their players that come in to say, I brought these guys. Fuck these guys. Look at who I brought in. I'm the reason this team is doing good. So if the head assistant leaves, you're in trouble. Rarely ever happens. But I was in Minnesota. Head assistant left. I get a call from Colorado State. You got to get out of there because the head assistant just left. You know what that means for your career. Come back to Colorado State. I love you. It was the head assistant at CSU. Mm. So I go back home to CSU. Head assistant is my man. Me and this guy were like this. He stands up at the last banquet of the season, starts crying, and said, I took a head coaching job. I'm sorry. And so now my teammates start crying because they're like, this guy's fucked. You know what I mean? Twice, like you have a better chance of getting hit by lightning than two head assistants leaving you in college. That's crazy. And that that was, I knew I was done. That's like that documentary that came out on the Bulls. It kind of like, it had that, yeah, it had that whole thing in it where that one guy who wasn't Phil Jackson was like, I'm going to take over the team. And it's, and it doesn't matter. And even if it's the Bulls and they're, 
prime. It's like, wow, that's ego run amok. That is a great example because yeah. people don't know that those are the inner workings yeah. sometimes, and it <laughs> no, doesn't matter. That was matter. enlightening for me, too. Yeah. I was like, Here, oh, this happens to Jordan? Championship <laughs> number six, and there's still some <laughs> asshole guy like, saying this is it. Yeah. Talking about the little guy with the glasses. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes, yeah. Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry, yeah, 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 yeah. And again, those guys, including the, the, the guy that I play for, they'd rather lose. Yeah. If they hate you that much, they don't give a fuck. That's but crazy. instead of me waking up, being humble and saying, you know what, I got to find a way to get along with this guy. I was like, this dude's a dick. Just like they were with Jerry Reinsdorf. They didn't give a fuck about him. They were like, fuck you. We'll all leave. But why did they stay with Jerry? Because he... He wanted Phil Jackson gone. He and Phil Jackson were like me and my head coach. Just did not see but eye to eye on anything. like that with the players too, not just with Phil. Like no, it was Phil. It was Phil. It was Phil. He, he, they, they didn't hate him. They hated the fact that he wasn't giving Phil his props. So they were like, if Phil leaves, we're leaving. But they didn't, you know, they didn't like him. But their beef was he was disrespecting Phil and Phil was their man. So Jordan said, if Phil leaves, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the inner working sometimes of sports is, are, are a lot trickier than, than, than meets the eye. It's funny the things we manifest because I was listening to that podcast and I couldn't help but like sort of psycho psychoanalyze you a little bit because also you talked about a problematic relationship with your father. Oh yeah, yeah. My my dad, man. I blame my dad for everything for a long time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because um, my parents got divorced. My dad wasn't around. But in my defense, my dad went to my sister's high school and college graduation and my brother's and neither of mine. Right. Yeah, I was like, was was mom fucking around or Age something? Age difference. That's what. That's what. Like, <laughs> no, the I'm the middle bulb. kid. Oh, you're yeah. the middle kid. So I'm the middle. A year apart okay. or something. Yeah, it's not like you're the last one, and he didn't. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. That was. That's still a little creepy. So, have you ever like thought like, oh, maybe I keep manifesting this problem with like sort of men and authority figures? No. No, no, you never want. I did. I was like, I'm gonna ask him about that. It yeah. sounds smart. Yeah, you know, no, no, my, you know what? Because, because the then there would have been a problem with my my head coach in high school, you know, other people later on down the line. Nah, that's not been the case. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but um, but you got on with your mom. My mom is my everything, man. Yeah, yeah, and I it's bad because I remember one time. We had a relative's parent die, and my brother and my sister were like, man, you know, God forbid anything ever happened to mom. And my brother and my sister said, if something happened, we would come get you. Right. Meaning we would all be sad, but we know that this dude would go to hell in a handbasket. Right. Yeah. Yeah, me and my, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely close to my mom. Is she proud of what, like, what the work you do and stuff like that? Yeah, man, my mom is super proud. And and I, when I first started comedy, man, I was like super clean. You know what I mean? Like I did churches and shit like that. Did yeah. colleges where you couldn't curse at all. And I remember telling my mom one time, like, hey, you know, I don't curse because I don't want to embarrass you, whatever, whatever. And my mom was like, you know, we got neighbors who got shot, stabbed, dead. A lot, you know, a lot of the guys you grew up with are in jail. She said, you say whatever you want to say on stage. Mama you, said, knock you out. Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> you want to shit, cuss and shit on these yeah. hoes? Yeah. Help yourself, baby. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. What What about your siblings? Are they in entertainment or anything like that? Neither of them, which is crazy because um, my brother's the funniest one in our family. Yeah. Yeah, easily. What's he do? 
I don't even know, man. I always pretend, but I, you know, you know how that people have some those, kind of computer shit. People have those nine to fives, right. and you're like, well, no, you know what he does. This is what no, this, no, 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 no this nine fucked to up. Five, that's like, well, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying. All those yeah. losers who have those real jobs. No, my mom, my mom had a real job. She wasn't a loser. But I mean, like, it's just you know, I just that's I would I would probably by lunchtime I would be like, you know what? I didn't know y'all was gonna be asking me all this shit. I'm a, I'm gonna head on out. Yeah. But my bro- sorry, my, my yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta get the fuck. Out of here. So my brother goes to the courts, right? People get in trouble, and the courts recommend here's this program you could take to kind of get your shit back in order. Yeah. So my brother is um, his company has one of those programs. So he's constantly pitching courts, hey, recommend our program to these, you know, these people that got in trouble. But I don't know what the fuck you call that, right? What do you call that? I don't know what you call that. I don't know. Salesman. Either. Yeah, it's Something. it's it's like a it's like yeah. a a, re, a a rehabilitation or whatever kind of probation sales uh, c- comeback programs he's selling. He's hustling. Were you doing comedy at the same time you were playing basketball, or once basketball ended, that's when you went to comedy? Yeah, once basketball ended, that's when I, I started hosting a talk show um, on campus, and then I found I wanted to continue with the talk show, but I had asked somebody, and they were like, um, you know, who do you like on TV? So right. I started rattling off these names. Who was and, it? And the guy, I loved Eddie back then. I loved the, all yeah. the, the, the um, Def Jam was big back then. Um, Martin, um, Lawrence, you know, when I was younger, I was like, this dude is hilarious. So Bernie Mac. Bernie, yeah, those guys. But all of the people that, I didn't know that, you know, Martin and, and, and Eddie and all those guys were stand-ups first. Right. And, and I was talking to the the president of CSU, my guy, Dr. Yates, I don't know what he's up to now, phenomenal dude, but he said all those people you mentioned were stand-up comedians first. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't think so. He was like, every single one of them. <laughs> so he said, man, if I were you, I would find a way to do stand-up. My sister gave me a couch in New York. I came here, put my box down. I had one box, started bawling. Mm. And my sister was like, oh my God, you know, don't worry about it, I'll help you get a ticket home. And I remember telling my sister, I'm never going home, ever. This city will grab you. I'm gonna die here. Under no circumstances am I going back to Denver to work in some fucking Safeway so people could be like, yo, you know, you remember that line, fucking 50 Cent, damn homie. In high school, you was the man, yeah. homie. What the <laughs> fuck happened to you? That wasn't gonna be me. Right. That. So there was no turning back. I uh, once I got on shore, I burned the ships. And then, what was it like getting on stage for the first few times? Oh, it was horrible. Black people are horrible. They are horrible people. Really? <laughs> oh man. Yo, let me tell you something. Black people are horrible people. I started on the hood circuit. Mm. If black people don't like you, they literally want to kill you. Yeah. If they do like you, they'll give you a ride home, feed you. Like, yeah. oh my God, baby, you was hilarious. But if you ain't funny, <laughs> white people root for you. Yeah. You know, white people are like, oh my God, he's got something. He's the underdog. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. I see a spark. Yeah, I, you know, if he just sticks with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, black people are like, yo, I paid $10 to get in here. Yeah. If you don't get the fuck off this motherfucker, so who the fuck is next? You know what I mean? Black people will, yo, yeah, you slide that shit across the table, black people will slide it back. Like, yo, this shit ain't done yet, partner. You, you, you're going to need to do something with that. Heat it up, put some seasoning on it. It's yeah. like that Showtime at the Apollo thing. Yes. Where they like, you know, the Sandman will come and get you. Yo, in every room, they're sitting at the ready. I remember I did a show one time. Normally when people heckle you, they heckle you with something you could throw back. Like, hey, buddy, this isn't funny. Or, oh, my God, that last joke. They'll say something that you could respond to. One time I was doing a room in, in the hood in Jersey, 
and this lady comes in and she's got this mink on and she's talking loud, right, to her friends as she's coming in. There's always one. Yeah, and I'm like, hey lady, you know I'm up here doing a show. And she just turned around and she looked me square in the eye and she said, fuck you, bitch. Wow. <laughs> That's hard to come back. <laughs> like, Yo, you know, and I was standing and I was looking, for, you know, I was looking for in. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to head on out. Right. <laughs> yeah. She just said, fuck you, bitch. So she did it. She she took you down. She ended my night right there. You were only doing open mics in the hood. You didn't go to the ca cave and cavern or whatever that's called. Like, man, I didn't even, you know, back then, like, I didn't even know where a lot of those, I didn't even know a lot were. of those spots existed. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, man, I, I made my bones and then I started a little, started my own little spot, little weekly joint. And that got my muscles up, man. We had some good shows in there, man. Really, really good shows. That's cool. Yeah. My boy JB Smooth used to come through there. Mm. It's so funny. I was just talking to my friend Nina, and she was on her Instagram, and she like was looking at JB Smooth's uh, Instagram about like a half hour ago. Yeah. He was Since, a New York comic? Yeah. He's amazing. He, yeah, he's from here. Mike, Mike Epps, Leslie Jones. Um, we had some, some super- What was the spot? It was called Two Steps Down out in Brooklyn. It was fire, man. But we had some of the some of the. Uh, Dean Edwards was on Saturday Night Live. Tracy Morgan used to come there all the time. I used to want to bring Tracy up, like, oh man, you seen this guy on Saturday Night Live? Because I had just been, you know, I just started comedy. Or you seen him on this? And he would just say, man, just say some dude from Brooklyn. And then people would be sitting there like, fucking Tracy Morgan. You know what I mean? How did you it, get him to come? People had heard that they was like, yo, this young, this new dude's gonna be really funny. He's, mm -hmm. you know, they thought that I was funny, and they was like, this room is great. Nobody bothers you, you know what I mean? It's a super chill vibe, but people love the shows there. So Dean and then, and then Todd Lynn, um, and, and then I just started getting hitters, man. Dudes would come down there, man, and and, uh, and, and and blow the joint up. That's a talent to be able to bring people together like that. Yeah, man. It was, um, th th those were good times, man, until the cocaine kicked in. Right. <laughs> and then the cocaine kicked in. That happens. <laughs> the booze and the coke. The booze and the coke show up once you get good at something. Yeah. How long did you go down that rabbit hole for? Oh, man. Shit. Till about, uh, what time is it? No, I'm just kidding. No. About 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, right? How long was that? 12 years? 15 years? Wow. wow. Yeah, 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. 12 years. How many 12 years? And you got sober? Through yeah, man. I had to fucking uh, check myself in. I remember the first night I checked myself into the damn detox and the West Indian women, because that's who's in the hospitals, right? She was like, everyone need to take their medication. And I was like, look, lady, I don't really, meds ain't my really, yeah, ain't my thing. You know, first my boy Mark Theobald had come to pick me up. If you ever want, if you're ever going to detox, because you don't want to go, right? This is your last day of, of drinking. So I got a pile of cocaine on the table by my bed, right? <laughs> And and the one thing you're praying for is that your friend forgets, mm. right? To get you? Yeah, oh. so you can get one more day. <laughs> I fucking go and get the most reliable motherfucker on earth, Mark Theobald, who writes for uh, for uh, Last OG now. One of my closest friends. He's like a brother to me. And he's out outside, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm -mm, hitting the horn, yeah. How much coke was left? <laughs> oh, man, a lot. <laughs> a lot? A lot. That sucks. Save it for when you're done with rehab. <laughs> Yo, yes. A lot of coke sitting there. And you got to go to the liquor store because you have when you check into to, to, um, to these detoxes, you have to prove that you're the most fucked up person trying to get in. Right. You know, it's not like you can just walk in there like we are right now. 
So yeah, you get there, man, and you um and and so Mark's taking me to the damn detox. We stop at the liquor store eight in the morning. I get me a pint of vodka and a sun kissed. So still doing bumps in the car. Still doing bumps in the car because I got cool with be, that. He was totally cool with. It. He's <laughs> like, yo, this your last hoorah. Do you, bro? As yeah. long as long as this gets you a bed, get fucked up. So I'm getting fucked up, and we only got like five blocks to go. I drink a whole pint of vodka and a sun kissed, a little bit of cocaine, right? So we get there, and then they give everyone a little breathalyzer to see who the most fucked. Up. It's kind of like America's Next Top Model. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's like almost standing there holding hands and then they come out and they're like, all right. They can reject you? Yes, because they're only giving away like one or two bets. And they're like, oh. okay, so uh, John Laster. And I was like, I told you bitches I was the most. <laughs> <laughs> so I I you, yeah, my boy Mark got me fucked up this morning. And, uh, and then I go up there and the, the West Indian lady's like, everyone needs to take their medication. And I was like, yo, I don't really do meds, lady. You know what I'm saying? I ain't fucking with that. Like psych meds? They want you to take something, it's the shit you put on, it's called Librium. Uh. You put it on your tongue, it calms down your nervous system. Okay. Because I didn't know what was about to happen, you know what I mean? And then I get into bed that night, man, and it was so bad, I swear to God, I couldn't make stuff I wanted to. I, the room is dark, but imagine like if you were in space and you couldn't tell which way was up, down, like I had lost all bearings right. on the bed. So then I like turn, I'm like, oh, well you know what? I remember there was a light on in the hallway. So if I could just figure out where the light, the little line of light is, that's the bottom of the door. Right. So I find it and I crawl down the hallway. I'm sweating from parts of my body I didn't know I had. Like DTs kind yes. of? Yes, yeah. oh yeah. Body is rocking and rolling. I'm shaking, I'm, I'm trembling. And, and the West Indian lady sitting there on a stool at the end of the hallway and she said, oh, now you want medication. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, bitch, if you don't give me them pills. <laughs> What did you do with the rest of the cocaine? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm an addict too, so that's my question. I'm just you like know still thinking of the coke. I'm like, can we, can we find it? Can we circle back? Can we that chop way? some of it up? We, I mean, just to have it, just not to do it, just to look at it. Can we wrap up that part of the story? You yeah, kind of left like, that hanging. Yeah. What did you? Yo, you know what's so? You, you know what's fucking? Talking about, you like. know what's sad? You know what's sad? I didn't understand back then even still that I was an addict. I just thought that I needed a few days off, right? right. So I get out of uh, the <laughs> detox, right? Six or seven days later, because the way you get out, have you ever been there? No, but I've done a lot of 12 step, like to the point when I first went into 12 step, I was doing three meetings a day. I was 20 as well. Like I wasn't even legal yet. And I, and I belong there. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, and uh, so it was kind of like that, but not, no, I yeah. never went in. Yeah, once you go in, man, it's it's um, it, but still, like I said, I didn't know. I just thought that hey, I need to take a few days off, right, and then get back on the horse. You know what I mean? And I wanted to get out of there bad. The only way out of there is, you know, they have a doctor that comes in, um, every night, and she'll say, hey, you know, you know, this nice, um, Indian lady, and she would say, stick your hands out. So you got to stick your hands out like this. But if you still have DTs, yeah, your hands are moving. Right. So I'm up all night practicing the stiff move. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, ah. You know what I mean? Ah. And I had it, so my hands are out, and she said, oh, Mr. Laster, you know, that looks good. And then this one moved. And she was like, oh, no, I, I think we have another day or two. Uh, yeah, good. 
Yeah, I guess it's okay. I yes. was thinking it would shake anyway. No, that would get you out of there. Yeah, okay. You would have got out of there with that yeah, one. Yeah, to get in, you got to prove how fucked up you are. And to get out, you got to prove that you're good. Yes, exactly. I guess that makes sense. But I thought that I was really good on the way out. So I still got my bag on my shoulder right back to the liquor store. Right. And there used to be this this really short Chinese um, family that ran the liquor store. And the girl was there, and she used to flirt with me all the time. So I walk in there, and she says, she's like, where have you been? And I was like, I was on an all expense paid vacation, you know, and she slides me the vodka and I get back to the crib, pile of coke sitting right there. Oh, it was there It was still. sitting right there. Yeah. Wow. And my friend Told called me you. up. She didn't know. Yeah. Save okay. it for when you get back. Yes. You called that. She didn't, she didn't know that I was, a, you know, she didn't know the extent of it either. So a friend had already called me and said, hey, I'm coming to get you. Let's go out. You know, I'm going to take you around the corner to this bar. I'm called Rustic, and I, I jumped right back. I still had my bag on my shoulder when I went to look. I didn't even realize that I was I was headed going to be headed back to detox two weeks later. And how long did it take you to do a line when you went into the house? Oh, man, I probably sniffed that line before I opened the door. Right. <laughs> probably sniffed the line under the, under the door on the way in there. Yeah. yeah. That Coke was gone before we got to the bar. So... When did you finally have, like, I guess what they say, a spiritual awakening or, um, you know, to get sober? Did you start going to meetings a lot or what What happened to finally get you to where you are? Man, I burned so many bridges. I was such a demonic, um, you know, under the influence. Like, I just turned into a horrible person. You know what I mean? And yeah. you, you, you crash enough relationships, man. And then you just wake up one day like, you know, because I remember one time I was doing a show, man, and. Um, I woke up in the morning. I don't remember any of this. I was a blackout drinker, so there's a lot of sh- foul shit that I said and did that I just I st- really have no memory of. So I woke Roll up one tape, morning. Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wake up one morning and I see these texts like, "Hey, man, we're praying for you." Mm. Hey, we're pulling. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, what did I do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you're getting we're praying for you, text, it's like, yeah. man, I must have fucked up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, imagine just seeing that in your phone and you have no recollection. Because it's already a ton of guilt, shame, and remorse just from drinking. Yo, there's such, yo, the, the, the shame is, it's, it's almost unbearable. Because um, the shame doesn't go anywhere. Right. Like, people are like, oh, you stopped drinking. But don't think that, like, I don't still feel that shame. You still, you, 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 it never goes away. Right. You still feel like, oh my God, that was, I feel so horrible about this. I feel so horrible about that. You know, sometimes you're scrolling through your thing and you see people, you're like, oh, this motherfucker's never going to speak to me. This motherfucker's never going to speak to me. Turns out I get on stage and I start bawling. Right. I just started crying like, hey, I love you guys. You know, I, shit is fucked up out here. And the crowd, they was like, yo, what the fuck? So apparently, yeah. it was your best set. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was fire, man. And it'll be coming out on HBO on yeah. April the f- April the fourth at seven o'clock. John's meltdown. John's meltdown. Where was TMZ for that? Yeah, it's called John's meltdown uh, with cocaine and uh, vodka. Yeah. So I start crying on stage and found out. So then my boy, they said he comes and grabs me, takes me on stage. And he said, yeah, man. And then, like, I looked in your pocket, like, as you, you know, I kind of escorted you outside because I felt so bad. And he said, you had, like, a fifth of vodka in your back pocket. Mm. (laughs) And he said, you just walked down the street. Still don't remember any of it. 
Right. So what? But what was the turn that actually got you I, I to think, stop being I, like that? I I think that was it, man. I think like the 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 the, the burned up relationships. I think yeah. the people because I don't think like I don't think that I hurt me enough. Like it's not like I lost some money or I crashed a car and I broke my foot. It's just people. You right. know what I mean? Like all the fucking people that care about you that you've just done fucked up shit to, man. Yeah. You know, through and, and I don't want to say through no fault of your own. Nobody forced you to drink, but you don't the shit that you say to people, you don't think like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like people don't understand. They think, oh, you must think that or you you're really a fucking weirdo. Right. It's like, ah, you know what is the coke kind of rewired my shit and yeah, and I was saying some uh psycho shit that, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, well, psychosis kicks in with that behavior because you don't sleep. I mean, I, totally. st- I stayed up days and days and days. And yes. it's like suddenly I'm hearing radio signals through the wall. And I'm, you know. Well, I remember one time thinking that um, I was like, yo, why do I keep hearing this AM radio station? I, I heard the same station. Yeah. <laughs> it's called psychosis. <laughs> it's called psychosis. <laughs> psychosis. Psychosis what, 109. Where is that on the well, dial? 109. Uh, I don't know. It's all like, over no, the no, dial. No, no. You're welcome, welcome. welcome to psychosis so you 109. Heard that, you heard that too. 109 is FM, guys. Yo, bro, heard this fuck. And the only reason I knew so that it wasn't real, yeah. there was no electricity in the building. Yeah, I was living in an abandoned building at the time. So I knew... That can't be real. But then, of course, I'm seeing shit. I'm feeling shit crawling on my skin. There's nothing around me. But my brain, the shadow people. The shadow people. You've seen the shadow people? (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. I still kind of do, even without that sometimes. (laughs) The shadow people were all over the Uh, room. The shadow people get Scaring the shit out of me. Yeah. It's like they're your new friends. And you can't sleep. They're your only friends at that point. They were my only friends at that (laughs) point. Only friends. But I didn't know you saw the shadow people, too. Oh, yeah. Shadow people. Absolutely. Mm. Terrifying. It is terrifying. Fucking terrifying. And then it dawned on me, I was like, oh shit. Sometimes you see these fucking people on the train, right? And they're talking to themselves, they're hearing things. I was like, oh, this is how it starts. Right. Because if you don't snap out of that shit that we saw and we hear, right. you're them. Yeah, you're going to go there. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. There but for the grace of God go I. I say that all but the time. for the grace of God, there go I. I see people all the time, man. I, this guy that I was talking to today in my neighborhood, he said, man, no one's ever asked my name. He, You know, he stands up, he's homeless, and he asked for money. I said, yo, man, what? What's your name, bro? I said, my name's John. He said, soldier. He said, but no one's ever asked my name. I was like, bro, you have no idea how close I am. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 a little more uh, drinking and partying and motherfuckers, motherfuckers be like, you know, John used to be funny. Yeah. yeah that will be me out there asking for money. It's true. And I think like when you give homeless people money, it's nice to talk to them too because a lot of it is just like they don't, ha- they don't get people acknowledging them enough. And right. So when you acknowledge them you know in a present kind of way you can see that it really touches them yeah he was he was fucking shocked but i but to me i really don't see him like i really do i'm looking at him like i could yeah. be me right i don't look down on him no i, I don't I, look down yeah i know how close uh how close i am to uh to being soldier out there yeah did you uh did you uh pray and stuff like that like because that's what helped me get sober is like using prayer and just like actually the spiritual aspect that I know a lot of people do have problems with, with the 12 step thing that actually does work for me too. I'm a, I'm a law of attraction person. So I think that the, the sentiment is the same, but the, the, you know, it's a, it's a semantics thing. So I, you know, like 
when I say God, I would say universe. Right. It's all the same shit. It's all the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Consciousness. Exactly. So I, you know, I believe that we, we, we exist in an energy field and th that you have the power to direct. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can choreograph it um, ahead of time. That's what I think deja vu is. But, um, but do I believe that there's a, there's some white guy sitting on a cloud. Not um, a white guy. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just a, yeah. just a, not even a, a guy. Girl, a right. Girl. Just an energy. Yeah. 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 So, I, yeah, I do believe we're in an energy field. But so, I mean, I guess praying in the sense of, of, of the way that, that I see it. But I remember I was working on a, on a role for an indie film and to play a, a, a pastor. So I went to this church, Emanuel Baptist Church, really famous church in Brooklyn. And I'm, I'm watching this guy, Reverend Trufant. Awesome fucking pastor like he 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 does his ministry on sundays and jordan's nice sweaters so he's not the, the old stiff young guy too but i went to watch him and i remember thinking to myself this is the same shit that i study he's just using different verbiage right so you know what i mean where he would where he would say faith the the law of attraction would say the art of allowing or something like that do you know what I mean? It was all the same shit, just different verbiage. Manifestation. Yeah, exactly. You like Abraham Hicks? You ever I'm, a, I'm a I'm a Abraham Hicks junkie. I love that. Junkie. I want to say she, but it's actually like a group of people that she channels. Group of spirits, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I try to leave that out because that part creeps people out. But I was talking to a friend the other day who said, man, shit is clicking for you. You know, talking about Super Bowl commercial. I got some other shit coming I down. I like the Tracy Morgan. Yeah. I got some other shit coming down the pike too, but it's all law, but it's all shit that I've already envisioned. So we were in this mansion out in LA. Turns out I had put this mansion in my, this this uh, this feed that I used to do. It was every Monday I would post a mansion and it would be, it was called Mansion Crush Mondays instead of Man Crush Mondays. Right. And then the caption was, why not you, why not me? Be able to live in one of these mansions. And we're in this mansion in LA and I'm scrolling through the pictures that Tracy Chef sent me about the house that we're sitting in. And I'm like, I posted this mansion. Yeah. So a lot of the shit now is kicking because you know, I don't have a shit in my system, you know. Right. It, it helps It helps to not be living in an abandoned building coked up, you know what I mean? Or in detox. But yeah, a lot of the shit is coming into the fold now, man. You do like vision boards? Um. Yeah, I mean, my, my practice is that I work on it before I get out the bed in the morning. So I envision the way I, I want my life to be. I mean, and a lot of people don't understand the law of attraction. A lot of people read it, but they don't even, they don't understand the application of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that a lot of people don't understand that it's not about the vision board or whatever. You have to find yourself in the feeling place. If you don't feeling, if, yeah. If you in your mind haven't actually been there, had the emotions running through you of getting it, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, Putting a bunch of good food in a pot on the stove and never turning the heat on. Right, that's a good that's a good analogy. You know what I mean? You just put a fucking cake in the oven without turning the heat on. All you got is a goddamn bunch of bullshit in the oven. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Until you put the feeling, the emotion into it, mm. you're never gonna get the, the cake. Yeah. You're not gonna get to the cake. So when people, you know, some of my friends are like, "Yo, how come shit keeps clicking for you?" I turn the heat on the cake. Motherfucker. And how do you do that? Because it's harder than it seems like with, like to make yourself feel like you got, you know, you're made of money, for instance, when you're broke or something. It like, literally. How, what, are you, what is your techniques to get to that feeling, to turn the heat on? Well, the technique that I use is typically I think of like, let's 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 take it out of that context. Let's take it out. Of, let's put it in a in a, in a uh, more relatable um, context. Let's let's say it's. Um, someone you wanted to date, 
right? And someone says, there's no way in the world I could ever date some superstar, right? Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I don't know. Right? But, yeah. but, but let's, let's pretend that you wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. And you were like, there's no way that that's going to happen. The way that I do it with everything that I want to achieve, like recently it was a private jet in a mansion. Ended up on a private jet in a mansion with Trey on the way to the Super Bowl. I didn't know that's how it was coming. Law of Attraction says, don't worry about that. But mm-hmm. I ended up on that jet and in that mansion. Um, but what I do is I start with something that I also thought was unattainable before. Mm. So what was something else that I thought? Like, hey, there's no way I'm going to. Well, I felt that way about playing in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? I yeah. felt that way about getting the standing ovation. I felt that way about working the mainstream clubs. It happened. So I go down a trail of things that I was like, oh, you've, you've something seen that far out before. Yeah. And then as you start to go down that path, you'll be like, oh, then this shit is coming. Right. Because I've been here before and look at what I got. Yeah. You can do that with anything. You can, you can scroll back to other times where you felt like, God, that seems like way too far off in the distance for me. And now you're, you're experiencing it. You've got it. Yeah. You can do that with anything. And That's anybody true. can do that with anything. But that will start to get the juices going. Yeah. Then you start to believe. And once you start to believe, then you turn the heat on the oven. So you remember the feeling of excitement of playing in the Big Ten, and then you just transfer that onto the next goal, and so you but carry the feeling over. Yeah, but you also have to remember the feeling of how far off it seemed, how impossible it seemed. Remember what that felt like. Like, yeah, man, there's no way that I, you know, the yeah. way that these guys are playing. Or remember when I first got to comedy. You know what I'm saying? Some of the guys that I thought, one of the first guys that put me on stage, uh, Will Sylvince. We know Will. Shout out Will. Shout out Will. We love Will. Will Sylvins. Will's been on this podcast like three times. Well, Will introduced me to, <laughs> yes. uh, to John. Oh, cool. Which I'm thankful love for. Will. Love Will. Love Will. Big brother. He was one of the first people to ever put me on stage. And I used to watch Will and them like, these guys are impossible. No one's ever going to get that funny. Right. And now you work with these guys. So you, if you, you have to go back and remind yourself, oh, that's right. I, I've been in this place where something seems so undoable. But yeah. now you work with Will, and Will's like, John's one of the funniest motherfuckers. So you were able to traverse he that. He actually said that. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But I mean, but I remember watching Will and them and thinking, it's impossible yeah. to be in, in that ballpark of funny. He swears by you. Yeah, Will is, Will's hysterical. But you got you to gotta go back to those times where you were sitting there and something seemed so far off in the distance it was impossible. And then remind yourself, oh, but I did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now that this other thing seems impossible, Maybe I can fuck Kim Car. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it back around. I, right. that's, yeah, that's not no, my. I understand. Yeah, not my. Me neither. Yeah. I, actually, but mm-hmm. you know, I just brought her up because I don't know if she's free now. I guess. Oh yes, yeah, see, yeah. that's what I mean. So there, 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 there's some guy. Somebody's sitting, manifesting. There's some guy it. sitting out there like somebody it's ruined, working. Somebody ruined Kanye's <laughs> life. This guy. This oh, guy yeah. right here. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, the thing is with manifestation because I, I'm, you know, I practice it. A little bit but then i'll go down like some negative days or i'll do and then it'll you'll feel like oh i've blown it now i've imagined bad shit and then that scares me it's like you got to kind of keep even if you take like a couple steps back you got to keep going oh yeah yeah yeah, does that happen to you oh but they 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 say that all the time in the law of attraction that's gonna happen we're human right you're not a you're not a you're not a goddamn droid so yeah you're gonna you're gonna get off course you just have to get back on course as quickly as possible and don't 
pressure yourself to be all the way back on course. Just take a step back in the right direction. Yeah. But yeah, it happens to me all the time. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 all doable. But the crazy thing about the law of attraction is the part that you were just talking about about you can do it for a while and then you get off course. That's the part that the law of attraction over and over and over again says. That's the work. Right. That's the path. If you can, if you can do that, if you can keep working on that, that's why I do it before I get out of bed every morning. Mm-hmm. That way, I don't have the interference of let me check this email or somebody said something stupid online or what the fuck did Trump say. When it's quiet, right? They say if you can win the first hour of the day, you can win the day. Yeah, Abraham Hicks talks about that a lot. It to the point where even if you go down some negative tailspins in your day then she goes don't even you know just wait till you wake up again the next day she'll be like the momentum's already fucked yeah and she you, doesn't say it like that but yes and, and you can and you can start over i heard another technique too where it's like you can say you you have a dream of a vision of something you can start thinking about it like it already happened and remembering it as a past event like that can help you too oh i do it all the time man every morning man i i have a check man that i got recently but um, I spend the check all day. How do you mean? Like, so let's say, um, let's, let's pretend it was a small check. It's 100 bucks, right? right? Let's say the check was $100. I will think of all of the things all day that I can spend that $100. Mm-hmm. The law of attraction says you can spend it countless numbers of times. So let's say you spend that. It never runs out. So anything that you want that's $100 or less, you can buy it. So just think of all the things that you could buy with a hundred bucks and how good it would feel to spend those. You're gonna get money, right? Some money's gonna. <laughs> um, let me, let me, let me, um, let me, let me, let me. He's almost there. He's like on the, me, on the verge. Yeah, let me tell. You're let me gonna tell. push him over the edge, stu- dude. This, uh, is, this great. is definitely inspiring for sure, <laughs> bro. Let me tell you, there will be money. Yeah, that will come flying. And since I started doing the check thing, my buddy calls me yesterday. I got uh, another deal in the works. And he was like, yeah, man, so I think they'll be able to cut you a check by June. Immediately when he said that, I knew where that money came from. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and it's the biggest check that anybody's ever given me at one time. But I knew where it, it came from, the check from that I just got from Los Angeles that I've been holding every morning and spending. Right. Over and over and over and over and over again in my mind. And what is it more important than what are you going to get with it? How does it feel right. to spend it? How does it feel to fucking hand a friend, here, man, take this 10 stacks? Or, you know what, I'm going to buy $10,000 worth of my, Microsoft or crypto this morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who, who are you going to call and say, yo, I just bought some of this stupid-ass crypto? I just got five Bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the feeling of these five bitcoins. If you can do that, yeah, trust. Joe Dispenza is a good one too. You like him? You are the placebo. He's got this book called "You Are the Placebo." No. Yeah, he talks about it. This story about this guy that this doctor told him he had cancer, and uh, he ended up dying. This guy, um, and then they like did the autopsy, and he didn't have cancer. He wow. convinced himself. That's a negative aspect of the law of attraction. Yeah, but he used that as a as a story going into this book. You would you would love Joe Dispenza. You Bro, should check him out. He, he does um, guided meditation. So I know you meditate. Yeah, yeah, I meditate every morning. I am a, I'm a believer, but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm also a believer because you know, as long as I'm healthy, man, 
I watched that, you know, like I had somebody recently say, oh, John, you know, you've always been funny. So and I'm like, dude, that is so dismissive. Right. After you asked me, yo, John, how do you keep getting this shit? You know, how do things keep moving forward for you? And I told him, I said, yo, man, I'll buy you the book. You don't have to spend any. I'll show you. Right. I will literally I'll show you what my gratitude pad looks like. I'll show you. Not only will I show you, I said, I will write down what my next goal is. So you have it in advance. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's how confident I am. Right. I don't have to hide it anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll write it down. You hold on to it. After it comes up, then then maybe you'll say, oh, my God, this guy's. I did that with another friend of mine. Friend, She's like a, a little sister to me, my homegirl, Hadia Robinson, out in L.A. And I wrote down that I would be working on two films by the end of the year. And she was like, oh, man, you know, it's already December, this, that, the other. And I said, yeah, but I kind of wrote this back in June. And she was like, yeah, but it's December. You, you kind of run it out of time, bro. And my manager calls me for a film. I go shoot it in Long Island. And then my house catches on fire. And this girl calls me because I, I was like, oh, I'm only going to get one movie, right? It's Christmas. Mm. So I had put an S on it because things had been going so well. So I said, might as well put films while I'm at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my house burns up, right? It's, How it's, does, have, we'll keep going with the story. but Electric fire. Oh, okay. House catches on fire. And a friend of mine calls me and says, hey, while I'm in a hotel that the Red Cross gave me, they were like, hey, go there, get your bearings, even if you have somewhere to go. You should just go there and clear your head first and have somebody come get you from here. A friend of mine calls me and says, hey, before you get out of there, can I come through with a camera because I want to start a documentary movie? Wow. That's crazy. That counts. That, the that, second that, film. That counts, that counts. Yeah. <laughs> The second film. That's wild. Six days to go, place goes up in flames, and here someone comes with the second movie. Mm. So it always works. And so the crazy thing was, then I showed, I, I, I called Hadia and told her, and she said, oh, my God. That's wild. That's film number two. And then you're inspiring other people to do this. And then she was like, yo, uh, so what's the book again? <laughs> what is the book? What is the book? <laughs> Uh, it's all the law of attraction books. I mean, you should start with the law of attraction and then go to asking it is given. Yeah. Because asking it is given. Uh, law of attraction sums it all up. You know what's even crazier than that is if you go to the bookstore, you know what's behind the counter? The secret. Right. That they won't let people touch. And the law of attraction, which they say in the secret like 200 times, all of them say, hey, we learn from the law of attraction. We learn from the law. All of them say that. The law of attraction sitting on the shelf. Right. That's like leaving the gold on the shelf and somebody putting some fucking cheap ass coat behind the counter. Yeah. The secret is the monetization of law the law of attraction. attraction. But the law of attraction is is literally a step by step process that you will never be in the same place you were last year. I'm gonna get it. Unless you're doing lots of coke. Is that available <laughs> on tape? Well that's it. that's just it. You just said something deep right there with that joke though, unless you're doing lots of coke, because I think the hard part for most people is getting on their own side. Like it's literally having the self esteem enough to like yourself enough to dare to even want to bring good things into your life. That's the work. I mean it, so it took me a long time. Obviously it took me a long time to get off the drugs and the drinking, but um once I did, it's like jet this shit is like jet fuel. Yeah. It's like jet fuel. And you're a runner, right? You run? Yeah. And I do too. Yeah. Um, it's How long of, is your run, man? Uh, today I went three miles, which was not much. It was a struggle. But I mean, sometimes I'll do like six, and then I, I was doing like 13. Oh, I, you were doing the half. I was doing that. I, I did a few of those. Wow. And then, uh, but 
now it's like i don't know it's it goes up and down like today it was like impossible for some reason it's like it's like meditation though yeah right yeah yeah it's like meditation i'm 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 right around six miles i do uh six miles like four days a week yeah yeah so how do you keep yourself psychologically like uplifted wednesday and sunday what's that that's those are my uh those are my spiritual days spiritual days yeah so i don't run on wednesday I keep a super light schedule. Um, all law of attraction, secret self-help books, meditation. Anybody calls with the negativity, you get hung up on real. Those are the worst. They don't. That's a bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, Good that's to a, know. Yeah. It's like bad, mental no. Bad day. Yeah, don't don't try me on Wednesday or Sunday. It's a Thursday for anyone listening. Yo, I I protect my serenity with a fucking bat with nails in it. Yeah. Don't 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 bring the negativity on Wednesday and Sunday. So boundaries. That way, yeah, exactly. So that way it never gets too far away from me. Right? You know what I mean, the yeah. most there could ever be in between that is 3 days and then I'm back on it. So Wednesday and Sunday, man, spiritual days. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So did you manifest the uh Super Bowl commercial with Tracy Morgan? You know what? I think what I manifested was to be honest with you and I know this is going to sound horrible and don't get it twisted. Trey is man uh big brother almighty. Um so he's been beyond good to me, man. I I love Tracy like cook food. But I think what the manifestation was to be honest was the jet in the house. Right. Cuz that's what I had been focused on. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what came into fruition by way of the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. So the universe figured out a way to get you Yes. What you were attracting. Yes. Quickly. Yeah. And then and then the shoot got shut down from COVID. So we had to come back to New York and then go back out there. So I'm back on a jet in a new mansion. That's amazing. And and, <laughs> and it was this and it was the second mansion that was in Mansion Crush Mondays. Right. So it was really, I wasn't even supposed to be there, and then the universe found a way, oh, you know what? Let's really send him a signal that he's on the right path. That's cool. Let's put him in one of the cribs. Oh, man, the house was disgusting. And I I didn't even know that we were staying there. Like I said, Tracy Chef had sent me the, the, you know, the the thing that we were staying, the house that we were staying in. I'm scrolling through it in the middle of the night because I can't sleep. I'm up going over this copy for the Super Bowl commercial. And I looked and I was like, where the fuck have I? And I just gasped out loud like, oh, my God, I'm in the house. Right. I'm sleeping in that house. That's wild. Yeah. That's cool. But, um, yeah, so those are the those are the, the little breadcrumbs that it gives you. Keep going. Who came yeah. up with the catchphrase for the commercial? Because it is brilliant and very oh, fun. Oh, man, this, this genius uh, firm uh, um, out of Chicago. So what what was your involvement in writing? My involvement is like when you see um, whatever you see something on TV or in the movies, what happens is they're gonna they, they got a script there, action, and they do it, cut, and sometimes it's funny. Sometimes they yell cut, and everybody goes, <laughs> "Yeah, that wasn't as hot as we thought." Right. <laughs> and that's when they turn and look at you like, "Okay, John, what you going so what you? What yeah, should we change? Yeah, what are you gonna sprinkle on this? Ah, yeah. so you were consulting. Yeah, got it. So then they they yell cut, and then I'm you know, and you can tell when it when it falls flat. And then then you know you turn to the director like, give me a minute, <laughs> and then you go over there. Hey, you do this, you do this, you do this, action, and then it gets a little hotter. And, oh, John, that was pretty good. And then you go back in, you know, and they yell cut, and then I walk back in. Okay, let's try you until until you got some heat. 
That's wild. It's probably different working on comedy with a group as opposed to just doing your own stand-up thing. It's like it's it's two like two very different things. Yeah, yeah. Two ve- most most stand-ups. Yeah, that they probably shouldn't be doing that. Right. <laughs> probably make it worse. It is a very sort of like loner activity. I think being being a stand-up on some level. No, no, no. It's I a mean, community. And, unless you're on the road. Yeah, there's a lot. There's you know, because comedy's like a frat. Whenever you get there, there's a bunch of other comedians there. Yeah. So you're always hanging out with a bunch, you know what I mean? Right. And then sometimes you go to another show, um, there's a bunch of comedians there. You know, I was, I don't even know if I should say this out loud. but Probably. But, because um, uh, I'm speaking for him. But I was talking to, I asked Judd, right, we're at the club one night. And I said to, to, to Judd, I was like, yo, Judd, you can't be more successful in the film industry than Judd Apatow in comedy. Right. You know what I mean? And I was like, yo, man, if I had, you know, I would be like, fuck this stand up thing. And he was like, you know what, John? I love the hang. Yeah. And I was like, I could totally see that. Because he was like, it's better than an editing bay. You know what I mean? Where you're just sitting there, just you in the dark. For comics, it's all about the hangout in the olive tree upstairs. It's less about the show. You do your thing and then you go hang out for 10 hours. That's what I missed the most during the pandemic. Not necessarily the the hamster wheel of, of, stepping on stage i think that there are some people don't get it twisted you know that are machines like david tell you know guys like that i think need to be on stage yeah um (laughs) you know what i mean because he that's how his brain works right it it thinks in jokes like we've never seen before i don't know when when that guy dies i'm sure someone's gonna ask and they fucking see his brain but um yeah i'm not one of those people but i so i miss the hang yeah i miss seeing my my, you know my uh my homeboys my homegirls how often do you write? Like, do you actively have like writing practice, or do you? How do you come up with material? Um, a lot of times, I, I started um, I started sitting down and writing, but for the, for most of my career, I would talk it out on stage. Right. So I would go find a mic. You know, you walk in there, and new comedians are like, "What the fuck are you doing here? I'm doing the same thing you're doing here." Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I would just talk about my day or talk about something that I experienced. And then find out the parts where you get something, right? And and then you stay there, you yeah. know. And then you build from there. But I but I would I, I mean my normal process would just be to walk on stage. I have started to sit down and try to work some things out to 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 expand my uh, my my writing practice. Right. Let's expand the palette. So you're working on a film right now. Uh, I'm kind of always working on some shit. I got a film out right now that's on Amazon. What's that called? It's called One Bedroom. What's that like? What's it about? Four and a half out of five stars. That's what the oh, fuck yeah. it's one like. Bedroom? One, one bedroom? One bedroom. You better check it out. I got to check that out. You better check it out. Yeah, fuck that coming to America. You better check out One Bedroom. <laughs> one Bedroom? Yes. All right. On Amazon Prime. But yeah, I got some other stuff coming down the pike. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed enough, man, that, that things stay moving. So I'm just not a big talker. By the time I tell people I got some shit popping, people are like, yeah. You got a Super Bowl? What? You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not the type of person to be like, oh, let me tell you. Yeah, by the time I, I, I tell people, I want them to be like, oh, yeah, you can go see it here. Right. Yeah, yeah. More, I'm, I'm more into the doing, into the completion than the, uh, the chatter. Well, tell us about the app. What's going on? With, how's the, that going to operate? The app, man, should be out, man, in late May, man. It is a, um, it's an app that supports um, black businesses. In, in what way? Um, identifies them so you can, you know, it'll it'll show you where the black businesses are around you. You can toggle, go online, 
and support black businesses online too. So oh, you can cool. get to any black business. Yeah, watch, it, watching a called? guy get watching a guy get choked out in the street will uh, inspire you to do something. What happened? Um, no, I'm talking about George Floyd. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That's that's when I started make. That's when I started uh, putting the app together. Oh, okay, because you didn't want to march. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let the white people march. Let yeah. me <laughs> take my ass home. My, my feet are hurting. Uh, let me get this app together. What's the app called? It's called Blap. B l b l a p p. Half black, half app. Blap. Blap. Yeah. Okay. Should be out uh, at the end of May, man. But it's cooking now. I just signed with a. You got a lot of buzz for it. Like, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So we should start buying shares. You should start buying <laughs> shares. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah. Whenever I put them up, whenever I go right. public. Yeah. Has it gone public? I'll, I'll let you yet. go. I'll it let you. It could be a life changing thing. Like for you on, Yo, on your end. Bro, forget about it. Let me tell you something, man. It's all that $100 he's been spending <laughs> yeah. over and over again. It's coming. Oh, it's coming, bro. I, I, Yo, let me tell you. I wrote down the, the two words. I put two words together, right? And I think that's where the app came from. Because I didn't know what the words would mean. Right. But somebody was like, you know, ideally, what would you be? And I said, I would be opulently famous. But I put the word opulent first. I want the bag first. Mm -hmm. I want to be a businessman first. But I think that's where the app came from. Right. And I've been writing that for almost a year. Opulently famous. But the, the, when I found out what tech money was, yeah. I was like, oh, that's what the opulent, where the opulent came from. Right. But I mean, even if this app borderline bombs, it's it's. When you find out what kind of money they're getting in tech, you're like, oh, my God, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So the app doesn't have to do all that well, which it will, man. I don't I don't I have not had I've not experienced anything that people were willing to help with as much as this app. So they wrote the code for you, these guys. Yeah. It's a, it's a really it crazy story. Idea. It was it was my idea, man. And, and a, I called to Silicon Valley, a high school friend of mine, and she tells her her husband he's super thrilled about it he was like yo that's super dope they happen to have company over that night and he's you know oh yeah nah. and she's like yeah you know fall back we haven't got started on it yet guy sitting across the table said tell him i'll do it for free wow engineer at google amazing happened to be sitting there and the rest was history and even he even he when he sent the prototype said that he was shocked he was like, I knew what we were engaging in, but when it, you know, when the shit lit up, and he was like, oh, <laughs> like, didn't know we're we were headed, yeah, yeah. Dude. So you then copyright I copyright it right away, or how does that? Well, work? that's yeah, all that's gonna happen probably tomorrow actually, because the the law firm that I um just uh just jumped in bed with, they they need that paperwork, so I'll get all all that paperwork will be filed probably next week. So you're writing down, I want to be opulently famous. How often do you write that down? Every morning? Or is uh, that... Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And so you write down a list of all the things you, you want to manifest. I wrote, I wrote down a gratitude list of the things that I have manifested. That you already have manifested. That, that and... I didn't see coming. Right. That I didn't know how that was possible. Right. So that's the reminder. Yeah. That whatever you write next, no matter how far off it seems... So did these other things. Huh. That's a good technique. Just be reminded, every one of these, put yourself back in the place, you know what I mean? Where, you know, Joe, being on stage with Pearl Jam, playing with Jeff Amon, playing with Ben Harper, playing with Danny Harrison, it's like, your list is yeah. long. No, I have a good list, too, I could tap into. Some the, of it's back but, in but, the day. But, but the, Peter the, Gabriel discovering. The, 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 most, like, the most important thing, though, is to, not the, not the achievements, 
but put yourself back in the place of when it seemed impossible. Impossible. He was working in a guitar store, and yeah. Peter Gabriel left him a message on the answering machine saying he got his cassette. Yeah, back that's, when, back that's before right the there. internet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to, if you can put yourself back there, and and you write those, you can, if you go back to those places. I remember when I first got to high school and we got off this bus and and I was trying to talk to this girl man we were freshmen and she was like you know what you are so cute and she said but I'm not gonna lie to you I saw you get off the East Village bus because where we were from was the dregs of Denver mm. she was like you got off the East Village bus and I never forgot that um, but I it, I go back to that moment that I was trying to talk to her in that classroom and then remembering that I was prom king Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So from East Village bus to prom king, bitch. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't, don't, you never know. You can close the gap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who knew that I was going to grow to be fucking 6'4", quick as a cat, you know, being interviewed by the papers. All that happened later on. But there's a path. Yeah. There, even if you don't know it, it's not your job to figure it out. You know what I mean? If the sun is flying 93 million miles from where it does and lands perfectly on our skin every day, greater things have been accomplished than the shit you're trying to pull off. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> trust trust the universe can get it done. What do you think is in you that's enabling you to sort of embrace that so much? Because that's rare that people can't. I mean, it's not totally rare, but it's it's kind of rare. Most Most people do not have the sort of will to manifest and do all this kind of work. What what do you think in you has given you that motivation and that sort of stick to itiveness? I man, I think uh watching motherfuckers getting stabbed and shot is motivation to get the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do do you think it came that quality came from like your mom or something like that or Yeah, probably. Yeah. Cuz that's that's you know, hearing my mom cry one day was the worst day of my life. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Worst this little Oprah moment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Worst day of my life. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think I was pr- so probably fending that off. Yeah. Fending off that, you know, making sure that I did everything in my power to never have that feeling again. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think like knowing that you could actually, because I, I I heard you talk about how like when you were bottoming out and stuff, you were living in a warehouse or something like that at one point or uh, you know what it was it was it wasn't aware it was an abandoned building first of all i should have known right you should know better when the the girl who owns the building when her brother is moving out and he's living there for free red flag that's a red flag should probably get the fuck out of here yeah <laughs> not me i was like you know what whatever too right. too drunk and then you know slowly shit started hitting the fan yeah, but when you go down that far, and because I've been down pretty far too, and yeah. it's like, and now I have so much more motivation to like make sure that never happens again. Yeah. So whatever your whatever your whatever that bottom is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, can be a springboard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's why that's why oftentimes people say, you know, stop enabling people, almost so that they can. You right. know, whatever that thing is. Feel that bottom. I know a lot of people in recovery, they're like, thank God for crack, because crack gets you to the bottom quicker. It's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's that I don't know. You know, I got a, my, my 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 buddy who was my, my road dog. Like, we used to get after it every day, and he still hasn't 
admitted that he has a problem and it's killing me. Right. We're talking all the day, and this motherfucker casually said that he was smoking crack with this chick. I was like, you can't casually, you can't just slide that in the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't be like, yeah, so me and this girl was smoking crack. No, motherfucker, you don't get to casually smoke crack. You got to say, hey, are you sitting down? I smoke crack with somebody. I'm like, yeah, we didn't do crack, man. Um, but, you know, if, if you if you don't admit you have a problem, that could I guess that could have been me, too. Yeah, crack happens when the coke runs out and there's only crack around. All of a sudden, that thing you said you would never do, you're like, all right, I'll try it. All right, well, it can't be that bad. Well, uh, it's only seven in the morning. Yeah, let's keep this, yeah, let's keep this let's train keep running. Let's keep the party going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about, um, have you ever used it in terms of like, do you, ha- are, do you have kids or are you in a relationship or anything? I like am that? all the kid I can stand, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to manifest that kind of situation in your life? You know what, man? My thing was like, I always said that I wasn't going to have a kid until if the kid asked me for something and I said no, it's not because I don't have it. It's because you don't need it. Right. You know what I mean? I was so traumatized from being poor, man, when I was younger that I was like, I'm going to get this bag first. Now, you launch an app and it takes off. That kind of takes all the excuses of not Away. selling. Yeah. Right. Because now if a motherfucker now asks I, you for something, I can say, yeah, I got it. You don't need it. Right. But I wanted I wanted to reach that plane in my life before I, I don't know, man. I Like I said, I was, I was, I was traumatized, man. Yeah. By, by feeling like that. And I, I claw, have clawed my way to, uh, to, uh, to almost cruising altitude. Yeah, well, it seems like you're out cruising out. <laughs> you are definitely cruising. Oh, thank you. you yeah, you're you're a sh- you're shining, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it is wild that trauma really does kind of. It's just the way this whole human condition is set up to where like our trauma does bring us to our strengths. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's definitely been a burning fire in me, and I play ball that way though too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I was fucking yeah. I was I was hectic. Do you I still played play? angry. No. No. Nah, I don't have time now. I mean, the, you know, I keep saying that I'm going to get back out there, but I haven't. I I have not. Because, I, you know, between the between getting on stage, not wanting to get injured, and every time I'm about to get back on stage, some fucking comedian comes in with a goddamn cast on or a boot, you know, from twisting their ankle or breaking Playing the ball, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm Yeah, exactly. I'm going to lay here in bed. I'm not going to go out there and break my shit. Have you ever heard of this mantra called Ho'oponopono? Mm-mm. It's a Hawaiian mantra. It goes, it goes. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Mm, no. And it's great if, like, if you get into a situation where somebody's like wronged you or something like that. It's, it's, it's a great mantra to just sort of like apply to a person you think wronged you, just in your own head, mm-hmm. you know. And then somehow it heals relationships and it heals turmoil with people because you kind of like take responsibility for everything in your field of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, so you apply the mantra to it. Like, even if like Ehud say has like some kind of situation wrong with him because he's in my field of consciousness and we are all sort of one, then I can apply that mantra to that situation and it will have an effect on my relationship with him. Mm. It's the kind of thing I think you would really like. No, I really, I really dig it. I, I loved the energy in Hawaii when I was at CSU. We had to play them every. Year. I used to, I used to date one of the cheerleaders over there. I, the energy in Hawaii was incredible. So yeah, I probably would like it. Yeah. Southern black women always say, "God bless his heart." That's a, that's a, that's yeah. 
That's code for use a dumb motherfucker, but I won't let that ride. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Use a dumb motherfucker, baby. But God, God bless God his bless heart. heart. Yeah, God, God bless his heart, baby. Yeah, that's 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 their uh, Hawaiian mantra. Did you go on the road a lot before COVID? Or were you mostly New York? No, nah, man. You know what? I've been down at the club. You know what? Comedy cellar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, down at the cellar, man. Um, no. Nah, so not moving around very much. I traveled quite a bit for a while, man. I used right. to only date strippers and flight attendants. So I had flight privileges up the wazoo. So you would go on flights to different strip clubs? Oh, man. <laughs> um, until I found Miami. And then, you, you know, you don't even need to. Fuck around after you've been to the strip clubs in Miami. Why? What are they like? Oh, I've never been. Oh, you've never been to a strip club in Miami? Are no. you a strip club guy, though? I mean, I've had my moments. Yeah. Let's put it that way. You yeah. know, I've, 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 I'm familiar. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. That would be a serious trigger. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it was it was only strippers and flight attendants. So I, I would I, back then I was probably flying four or five days a week. Right. Yeah. Really? So, yeah, so I'm, so, I'm, so I'm over it. But I had flight benefits on three different airlines. But flying also to do comedy gigs or yeah. just for the just for strippers? Oh, no, not for, not for strippers. No, I would. I would <laughs> Maybe you had another addiction going I didn't yeah. know about. You know? Right. You're just visiting every strip club in the country. Oh, you're like, yeah, I had that on my vision board. Right. Uh, yeah, no. yeah. No, man. No, it was it was only for comedy. But I, yeah, I had I had benefits on. U.S. Air, Continental, Frontier. Um, yeah, man. So people, you know, I would be laying around in bed in the morning and, you know, and my friends knew it. So, you know, sometimes you got a homie call you from Chicago like, yo, John, what you doing tonight? Man, what you got? If you can get out here, man, I'll give you 700. All right, cool. And I would go back to bed, you know, sleep till one, two in the afternoon, go to the airport, jump on a flight, get to Chicago, six, seven, pick up the 500. Somebody call you while you in Chicago on stage. Yo, I heard you in Chicago. Yo, come down to Dallas, man. I got 800. You get down here, John. I'll see you tomorrow. That's cool. Yeah. And then I would just Crazy. bounce around the country. Be up, you know. And then if I get all the way out to Colorado, now you're close to the West Coast. Somebody call, yo, John, I got 600 in Seattle. I know it ain't much, man. You know, I heard you already way out here in Colorado. You know what? I'll see, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to your interview on The Breakfast Club. That was pretty good. Yeah. But they were trying to get you to do that Trump joke. That wasn't happening. You just would not do it. They did it over and over it wasn't again. Happening. They're like, were you, because that's a huge, like, that's a huge show. Were, oh, my God. Were you nervous? You know what? Not really, because uh, uh, me and Ange been homies forever. You know, me and Ange go way back. And, um, you know, I've known en Envy was also a comedy promoter. So, yeah. you know what I mean? There's kind of a mutual like respect homies. in the room. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, where, did you have, I was just thinking, because if that would have been me, I would have felt this pressure to do it, and then I would have, like, afterwards, like, beat myself up for not doing it, or did I do the right thing, or did you have any of that? Not at all. Not at all. I thought you did a smart thing, because you pushed people to your grand. Yes, yes. So, so the whole time, every time Charlemagne teed it up, I was like, yo, you just helping me send them. Yeah. Yeah, so you were in that <laughs> moment. So I could, so I could naturally Promote. tell them, yes. He, he, yeah. he was funny. He, he was funny. He was funny. I was bringing yeah. that up. I was, yeah. I was segueing segueing to the ground. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Follow yeah. John. He follow John. Was he was funny. funny. He yeah. does a, a lots of amazing sketches on there and yeah. puts some energy into it. I was, I was able to say he was funny like 50 times because 
because he kept, you know, kept going at me to to uh, to to do. I wasn't gonna do the damn joke on there, and I wasn't having it. Yeah, comedians don't really like to do like, hey, no. do a do a thing for no. me, do a thing. Yeah, that's, you know? that's not happening. It never works because you need the energy of the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, and no one asks any other profession, right? You don't. You don't fucking well, meet. They a, tell him play in the sun every time he's fucking on stage. Right. Yeah. That's not happening. Yeah. Right. I. I sometimes. I'm a people pleaser, John. So I'll do it He'll sometimes. Do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing it. We. It, we don't for ask firemen. Songwriters for the bands where that one song where they hate but they have to play. They play it because it's like you know for the. For the uh, hardcore fans out there who need that song or the casual, right? You do it. I mean, on stage, but I mean, not just out in the goddamn right. in the wilderness. <laughs> in the wilderness. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> some guy just runs up on you in the street. Yo, I got a drum in the trunk, man. Could you? you no, know, motherfucker. Right. You know what I mean? You don't run up on firemen and just throw 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 a match in the trash can. Come on, let me see you put it out. You don't know? Yeah. No, no, we don't do that. Yeah, I'm not at work. When did you start? Putting a lot of energy into your Instagram and thinking of that as like a, a something to really invest in. You know what's crazy? It was actually my friend who I called for the app, who's in Silicon Valley. She was working at Facebook. Mm-hmm. So her and her friend, she's in town, and I said, hey, why don't you tell your friends to come down? So the show was over, and you know, I, I was like, hey, did you guys have a good time? And all of them were scowling at me. Like, they were legitimately mad. They were like... I don't remember the last time I laughed that hard. How is your social media? There's nothing on there right. that shows how funny you are. How funny you are. <laughs> right. And they were they were genuinely upset. They were like there should be no way that there shouldn't be stuff on your social media. So she badgered me. Right. And they had this thing that they called Zuckbucks at Facebook, which meant Facebook could put money into your account to boost some of the content. Yeah. So they were like, you have to do, give us something. So the first video I did went viral. Oh, really? <laughs> it did like 1.67 million views. Wow. Well, which one was that? It was a video, man, that I did a long time ago about um, these two guys bump into each other, me and Mark Theobald, who took me to detox. Okay. We bump into each other, and, and, and he's like, yo, man, you know, I'm not from around here. And it's like we're somewhere else in another state. And he's like, I'm from Brooklyn. And me and my boy Marshall Brand are standing there like, we from Brooklyn. You know, we from New York. He says, I'm from New York. And he's like, where, we from New York. Where are you from? We from Brooklyn. And he says, I'm from Ithaca. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we start chasing him. <laughs> yeah, we start ch- And of course, you know, New Yorkers shared that all over. It just fucking mm. thing took off. And she, so that was my first outing. And she was like, see, Told you got, so. yes. You got to keep coming with this content. So she forced me when she was at Facebook right. to start producing content. And then, you know, just like anything else that I get into, I'm competitive. So, right. you know, I'm, I, I got into it. I posted another viral video that I had at the beginning of the um, pandemic today that went that mega viral. But oh, the Purell one? Yeah. But they didn't tag us. That was pretty funny. Yeah, the Purell. Where I'm, yeah. a, dope, I'm a, a Purell dealer at the beginning of this uh, pandemic. That was a year ago. Went radical. Today. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Who's the girl in that? Camille. That she's a good friend of yours. Camille right? Theobald. She's hilarious, y'all. Yeah, yeah. She's in a few of them. She's in a ton of my skits. Yeah, yeah. And she's a stand-up comedian. She's funny as hell too. So she, um, when shout I, out. Yeah, when I when I produce my own joints at the cellar. Yeah, Camille Camille Theobald. Theobald. She's hilarious. What about TikTok? Are you on there too? I was man, but then I got I I started this. You know, when George Floyd got killed, I started a project called the John Laster project uh-huh. uh, on my 
Sam was in it, right? And it was a bunch of um, it was a bunch of people just people of color telling their stories. Oh, right. about our experience with the police. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a few of those too. Yeah, yeah. I filmed Will do his for him. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Will's was dope. But we um, so yeah, I so I started with that, and that kind of broke me from doing the skits because the media picked that up, the New York Times and a bunch of a bunch of uh media outlets um ended up picking that up and then by the time i was done with that the app had started moving do you know what i mean mm-hmm. the my my uh my guy matt this, this this awesome dude he had he had sent us the prototype and that's when we were like oh this is gonna be way different than what we <laughs> you know what I mean? we thought we were gonna get something cool but not that right you know what i mean and then i so i started showing it to people, you know, who are going to be critical investors. And I noticed, like, everybody was like, I was talking to people who had their own startups, and they were like, yeah, man, it took me like a year, year and a half. You know, it's going to take you a while, John. Don't get stressed out. And I showed it to the first two people, and they were like, I'm in. Right. And I was like, you don't even have any money. Motherfucker, how are you in? And I'm not even joking. And people were like, don't worry about that. I'll get the money. Right. So I had to stop pitching. Because a hundred percent of the people that I had gone through the pitch deck with showed the prototype, they were like, "Oh, I see where this is headed." Right. Yeah. So, like I said, man, that May launch is uh, is gonna be uh, it's gonna be good. Did during the pandemic you did still do stand up? I, I mean, I had you on a show and you told the story about doing comedy on the back of a van yeah. and Zoom back shows, of a pickup truck. So you stopped with that once you got busy with the app and all that. Yeah, pretty much, man. I do some Zoom shows here and there, man, with with you know people who are really cool with me or or podcasts with people who are really cool. You know what I mean? But other than that, man, uh, you know what I mean. And you don't do your own podcast. No, man. Because that would be the talk show host full circle thing. You want to be a talk show host at first. And this is kind of like what this is the modern talk shows, basically. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people. It's a flooded market. Yes. Yeah, it's flooded. <laughs> I, yeah. You know and what I mean? particularly now with Clubhouse. Have you been on that one yet? Yeah. That's like a podcast going 24 7, like 400,000. That's 000. all it is. Yeah, that's all it's. And you can participate in it. It's a 24 hour podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It, li- it literally is a 24 hour podcast. Yeah. Are yeah. you. Are you uh, in on the NFT rooms yet? Have you gone into those? You know what that is yet? No. Non non fungible tokens. No. It's form of crypto, but art like the uh, the biggest digital artist just sold a JPEG. Actually, auctioned at Christie's. It went went for sixty nine million dollars. Really? An NFT. Yeah. The, there's a there's a huge amount of money. You should actually, I think you could probably get a lot out of it because you can, you can tokenize anything. You could tokenize like a, a video. You could tokenize some of your gram posts, for instance, and sell them as NFTs. And, and people are making huge money. I mean, I don't know which ones will go or which ones won't, but it'd be something good to investigate. Because for artists, it's, it's a way of selling art on the blockchain, and it basically adds a whole layer of value to everything without taking away the old school layers of value. So it's something to look into. I'm going to definitely look into that, man. It's, yo, tech money, man, is... It's crazy. Yo, it is, it's insane. I need an app idea. How, how did you get that? <laughs> like, where, do you, like, seek ideas on runs or when you meditate? Or how do you get all these good ideas? Um, wow. 
that's a good question. Uh, that I don't know. I mean, the, the, the app idea came out of a philosophy of mine, to be honest with you, because I've always believed that, you know, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but it, and it's you know there's going to be some black people that listen to this that say how could he say that? But I just think that the whole integration thing, there was some bad in it, right? You know, and I know that's a horrible thing to say, like oh my God, he's talking about segregate. No, but you know the black dollar stopped circulating once integration, you know, caused the black black people to stop spending with black people. And it's like, if you have problems, especially in this country, if you live in a capitalist society and you, you know your community is ailing, there's probably a, a financial component to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All of this like, oh, they, they're being mean to us and they're being, be- well, motherfucker, get your money up. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and stop asking people to help you get your money up that fucked your money in the first place. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's like asking somebody who beats you up to, hey, man, could you take me to the hospital and take care of me for two weeks? No, I don't like you. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> they say to Chris Rock, man, this example that they give about him, and I don't know if it's him or not. I'm going to ask him next time I see him. And he is standing on the side of the road waving, you know, for help. Car breaks down. Uh-huh. Waving. Everybody keeps driving by, driving by. He starts pushing the car. Car pulls over immediately help your motherfucking self right do you know what i mean if your goddamn house is on fire you don't fucking take off out the house and help you try to put the fire out yeah you know what i mean people see that and they want to help you exactly yeah so that's why that's where the idea for the app came from yeah motherfucker help let's start helping ourselves yeah that's great. I mean, because you're adding so much value. That's, yes. That's when money just floods yes. in. Yes. The more value you can add. And the thing about it, though, was, I, you know, to, to be fair, um, I went to, there was, on Sundays, I try to support black-owned businesses. So I'm, I'm looking, at this, looking for this business on Google, looking, looking, looking. Can't really tell if it's open or not. Call, not really sure. A little chilly outside. I don't want to walk down there and find out this fucking place is closed. So I ordered pizza. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you're asking somebody to do. Everybody wants wants the same thing. I'm down to help you, but help me help you. Right. Make it easy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like that about a lot of places. Like- fucking make it easy. So that's what I was after with the app. And right. so, like I said, when he sent the thing, we were like, oh, we didn't know it was going to be this easy. Right. You know what I mean? Like we were all, you know, the like the meeting because I have my my black meetings on Wednesdays and I was having them on Wednesdays and Sundays, but um, the meeting kind of went quiet. We all opened it up like, oh, this is gonna be bigger than <laughs> than we initially thought. This is like hundreds of millions. Yeah, <laughs> yo, you know what's so crazy about the hundreds of millions thing is is apps don't have to be crazy huge. Yeah. To pull down that kind of money, you don't have There's to. Ha- sponsors you don't, to that's come wild. In. Yeah. You don't have to have some household name app for it to be worth that kind of money. Yeah. To them, they're only impressed once you crack a billion. Oh, uh, okay. Everything under a billion, even if it's six hundred million, to them, it's all right. I like six hundred million too, though. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could do with that. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. 
But like so, okay. Just so imagine I, giving your friend a stack. I'm the friend. Oh yeah. Just mentioning that. Listen, let me give you a million, yeah. Ehud. I'm giving you a million right now. Thank you. So, but I'm like, spending it. But like, how do you go? I'm so you, it. so you have the idea to have the app, but I like, how did you have the sort of uh, wherewithal to? know that i could manifest that like and like what steps did you take to start working on it because it's such a different field oh yeah from stand-up i think man to be flagrantly honest with you one of my greatest talents which i don't say very often like oh one of my greatest talents but i do believe this one of my greatest talents is is knowing what i don't know right i don't sit around and pretend to know shit i don't know uh -huh. you know what i mean so i quickly calls got on the phone and called silicon valley my friend who had worked. Who, oh, so you knew somebody at Silicon my, Valley. My friend who had worked at Facebook. Right. She, I knew that she knew all those people. Okay. So even if I didn't know those Ask people. Ask for help. Yes. Ask and you shall receive. Yes. You started pushing the car. Yeah, I started pushing the car. <laughs> That's so cool. as soon as I called her, she said, yeah, you know, this can be done. It's not that complicated. You do have to take these steps. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I was fucking... I was going crazy doing the shit that she asked me to do, but I knew I had to do it. Right. And then once we got through that, you know, again, like I said, they're having a conversation. They happen to be at dinner with some yeah. guy who happens to know how to fucking do this. And there, there goes the dynamite. So it was literally just, I have this idea. Here's the idea. And then you just happened to get it into the right people's brains. He just, at happened, the right to be, time. He just happened to be there. Right That's right wild. Time. So it wasn't like you like made like, here's a, like a mock up app or anything. No. It was just Had the idea. The next day and that That's guy would so have been at dinner. That's so inspiring. There would be no app. No, it's true. Yeah. That's real inspiring. Yeah, it's true. Because it's it, funny that a thought, like, like literally a thought is going to make so much money for you in your Yo, life but you know what i i, I know that it sounds it sounds crazy but once you understand the power of thought right then you realize like think about this i know this sounds crazy Thoughts right are and, things right but i know that that sounds esoteric right but Not think to me. But, i'm but, a hippie but right yeah. I, I, I think i am at heart too. you are yeah you know what i mean but if you but if you think about that there's literally nothing in here that wasn't a thought first right yeah there's nothing in this there's nothing we can Even see. Even this podcast, Joe. Yeah. It was a thought. So that's where everything starts. Everything starts as a kernel, as a thought, and then you work your way out. You know what I mean? But I think the best way to do that is to remind yourself that, oh, yeah, remember when this was a kernel. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how this was going to pan out, but it panned out. And I remember when this was a kernel. Yeah. And, and it panned, and this was a kernel. And then eventually you're like, oh, okay, these kernels can pan out. Right. That's right. That's I, God damn it. That's right. These kernels do turn into uh, turn into billion dollar apps. Do you ever do exercises where you like metacognition, where you sort of observe your own thoughts? Like if you're like, I'm I'm upset, and then you say who's upset, and then you say who's asking who, who's upset, and you kind of sort of like perch your point of awareness up above your thoughts, so you observe your thoughts. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that. I was then. just doing it right now when you were saying all that. I was like, what is it? Who's asking me this question? This guy. Who's talking and who's talking? What to is no for 200, Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to make an I'm going to make a metacognition app oh, then. That's my yeah. idea. You got to do it. I'm going to like do like observe your thoughts. You got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. As a comedian, since you're invested in all these things, what is your like pending manifestation 
comedy was is like are, are you there or is comedy like a hobby that you just enjoy doing and you're fine with where you are or is there something on that list that you're looking at arenas theaters or yeah or what's where are you on comedy I, I think i think that i would like to do all of that but like you know having a step back man in the pandemic right where we all had a we were all able to take a step back and look at it like you know comedy basketball apps they've all been a means to an end for me to take care of my family mm. so you know what i mean like you know some people just really that's what they like you know i was, I was joking about david tell but i really do believe some people yeah. are built for comedy me mike yard rich voss we get on a on the comedy seller podcast and and those guys were like man i miss comedy this that the other like i don't know what i would do without comedy and i was like i'm good yeah i mean and i i'm not I'm that was not, my I'm, question yeah, yeah i'm not dissing comedy or no shit like that but mm. but i have other interests yeah you know what i mean and not to mention i also think that that you know if, if, you, if you pony. i'm not a one-trick pony and if i was able to build something right like let's say we we we're sitting here a year from now, and you say, "God damn, John, it really is a billion dollar app." Well, then I can make all the goddamn movies I want to. Yeah, I can go get on stage when the fuck I want to, and not have to do anything. But I could go get on stage. I could shoot films. I could. So I think that the that it could all tie back into each other with the with you know with, with the freedom the way that I would like it. Because there's a lot of bullshit that we have to deal with in this business. Um, that I I could kind of do without. I, I could get Back out of, of pickup trucks. Yes, I could get out of the way before you know by Christmas. Yeah, I, that that this has taught me some stuff about that because I'm a road dog. I've been touring and touring and touring, and it's just like it has been nice to just be home centered and work on other things. And I could get used to that. That's oh, fine, man. I'm not a people person. Yeah, yeah. People think that I am, but I am. Yo, man. Some, you know, some people. You know, I heard somebody talking about, "Are you a dog person or a cat person?" Oh, what the fuck is the difference? And they were like, "Well, dog people, you know, when a dog comes home, you know, the dog comes up and tail is wagging and he's all over you, like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. You know, you come home to a cat. Cat might not even come in the same room, right? If they, you know, <laughs> yeah. cat might be looking out the window, like I didn't even know that motherfucker was here. You know what I mean? I'm a cat person. I don't need any extra validation. I'm beyond comfortable. In my own skin. So you love the pandemic. Yes. You know what I mean? When me I get too. on stage, don't get it twisted. I love the exchange between me and the crowd. Right. I'm 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 as high as you can get right in that moment. But after I'm done, I don't need to stand out in front of the club and be, Oh, you were so fun. No, no, I I I know I'm pretty funny. Did you grow into that or were you always like that? Always. Hmm. Always, you. yeah. He's but, my new favorite person. One, one, of, one of the greatest compliments ever paid to me is one of my homeboys, a guy named Wing Lamb, only Chinese family in the hood back in the day. And there was one white family, they moved out because it got really crazy down there, but he was, they were Asian and Wing was Chinese. And he said, you know, after all of that, you know, comedy, basketball shit, he said, man, you never changed. He said, I always thought there would come some breaking point where you would be like, oh, now I'm hanging with these people and, you know, I'm doing these. He was like... You really don't give a fuck about that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've always been, I've never needed the extra, you know, the, the, the extra fanfare. I think that that, if you need that after the fact, then there's a hole in you somewhere. Yeah, and you tend to, like, push it away if you need it too much, too. Yeah. I mean, the energy of attraction is just that, that energy of not giving a fuck is, like, very attractive energy. 
Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, that's not that's that's not my thing. I I like documentary films. I like I'm a nerd. To be honest with you, like once I step away from I watch a lot of nerdy shit. Like what? I watch a lot of space documentaries, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching the Saturn shit, man. You know, they they um, got rovers all over the goddamn place. I I watch a lot of nerdy shit and then crime docs. Yeah, I watch I can watch first 48 for like a week straight. Yeah. Which is sad. But um yeah, man, I um I like to get away. And I know, you know, I got comedy friends who just watch stand up uh stand up special after stand up special. It's not me. Yeah. When I played ball, my brother used to sort my mail out. That's how I figured out where to go to college. I didn't even know what the fucking colleges were. I didn't watch college basketball. So my brother told me where to basically where to go to school. Which teams were good. Yeah. Which conferences. Like he he sorted all that out because I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Even though here they were like, this motherfucker is probably going to the NBA. I broke my hand first day of practice senior year. That probably kind of threw the threw the path off, but um, and it's the slowest healing bone in your body, so that didn't help either. The hand, the navicular, in the middle of the wrist. Oh, really? Because it gets blood very, very slowly. So, so normally I would have been back really quick, six months, and then the doctor told me. He said we were in the doctor's office. They gave me the same doctor as the Broncos and the Nuggets. He said, "Look, man, you know, I've been to your games. I know what you do." But he said, "Look, you fall on this wrist again, you're done." Right. He said, I can't tell you whether you can play or night tonight or not, but if you fall on it again, your career is over. So he said, you know, you need to make a decision. And I was like, okay, well, see y'all at the game tonight. Right. <laughs> you got your rabbit ass mind. I'm not going back out there. Yeah. And I did, but it, it, it cost me. It slowed down that first year in college, which probably, you know, you know, everything happens for a reason though. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm sitting here uh, a billionaire next year, I'd be like, man, fuck that wrist. I'd love to have you back. <laughs> You're definitely going to be a multi-multi-millionaire. So even if it's not a billionaire. You know. And he's wearing a hoodie for those just listening. This says blessed as fuck, which is awesome. Well, blessed AF. Yeah, well. <laughs> you could assume. I, I thought I, it was as this fuck. This is not PG-13 yes. podcast. This is, this is my boy uh, Ronnie Jordan's gear. I try to support all my guys, man. Yeah, who, you shout are, out your friends. Who are hustling their businesses. Yeah, my boy Cypress Sounds got some dope-ass sweatshirts, yeah, too. Yeah, very famous in New very York. Very famous in New York, Cypress Sounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I he got, was on I, the pod. Hey, I bought a couple of those. You guys have a fly-ass podcast. They're everybody cool. told Thanks me. Thanks for coming on it. No, everybody was telling me, man. You know I'm, oh, how really? fucking slow I was. First, I had to go to I L.A. I was trying to get him for four months. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Totally fucking Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you, I, I hope I'm not... I'm, don't come John, up as Hollywood. This was one of my favorite conversations. <laughs> you, you have to come back when the app launches. If Absolutely. You, if you would, that I would, would be love a, to. that would be amazing. I'd be honored. So I just want to ask one more question. Do you do you miss? Did you? Was it a heartbreak when you stopped playing basketball, or did you just like? Did you just uh, go to the next chapter without like looking back or thinking much about it, or do you still miss it? Yo, one of my favorite people in the world. Um, her name's Suzanne Esper. She was a, a acting teacher that I had a, a year ago. And we asked her in class, her husband her, that she'd been with for 50 years, his name is William Esper, William Esper Studios. Best fucking acting studio in the world. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yes. So her husband died like a year and a half ago or so. And she, in class, she's teaching us in class. She takes a week off, comes back. And we were like, oh my God, you know, are you okay, you know? And she was like, hey, you know, my husband had dementia. Um, and she said, so I feel like I had left 
lost my husband. Long ago. Yes. Yeah. That's how I felt with my basketball career. Wow. It didn't end the day that it ended. I felt like when that motherfucker stood up, yeah. I was done. Wow. I knew I was done. And everyone, everyone else knew. I did. The head coach came over to me. I know what you're thinking. I know that this is a weird occurrence. He's, don't you know, worry. Yeah, don't worry. He hit me with the don't work, but I knew. Right. So it was, you know, it was almost like Suzanne had said, yeah, my, my career was my career was gone, you know. The last day was like whatever. But in my mind, I was like, let's get on to the next thing that could get me to the bag, you know, to make sure that my family, you know, this was just a this was just a fucking vehicle. Right. You know? Yeah. I loved it, but I can make myself love any fucking thing that can help me accomplish what I'm really after. And have, then, have you ever thought about writing a book? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. What? No, 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 go. <laughs> Have you ever thought about writing a book? Because this would be like excellent. In- Breaking news. Okay. Like <laughs> book this, deal. This is what we need. We need this book. What's it called? <laughs> well, go ahead. What is it? Uh, I don't, you know what? We don't have a working title, but uh, I was just, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I just talked <laughs> to a, a very dope publisher on Monday and, and we, we came to it. He's like, we're doing it. So that was also on the list. Yes. You know, blessed as fuck would not be a bad name because also like the the art of not giving a fuck. Those books go way up if you put fuck in the title. <laughs> so I think he's on to something with that title. I loved that man. from the minute he sat down. I, I, I was yeah. like, oh my god, look yeah. at that. Yeah. So I just, I actually, that was that was on my. That's amazing. It was on my list, and and Monday it happened. The guy was like, yo, man, and I had talked to him some time ago. He said, hey, man, we're gonna revisit this because I had just got thrown out of the Brigada for a Trump joke that I was on The Breakfast Club for. I saw that, yeah. Yes, and so I, I met this guy right after that. He was like, hey man, this 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 is fascinating. Maybe we should you know talk about this for a book. Fast forward, he says, he's, he said, yo man, I'm, I'm working on this and then I gotta do Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's book. But after that, <laughs> we should talk. So he does Kareem's book and then we get on the phone Monday and he said, hey Johnson, you know, tell me a little bit about your life. And he's like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know you played bass. Oh, I didn't know you were an addict. Oh, I didn't. He said, hey, man, stop, stop. Yeah, we, we got to make this book. <laughs> so then we keep talking, and he was like, you got to be kidding. He's, he's laughing, and he's like, man, I don't get excited about books anymore. I'm just an agent. Even if, you know, a lot of these books, I think, you know, I'm not going to say what he said, but he was like, I'm excited. He said, this is the first time I've been excited in a long time. So breaking news. Um, and I didn't, you know, um, only reason I'm saying it is because you asked. Yeah. You, you know, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't volunteer. But that's that. again, 100% of the people you pitched the book to were in right from the start. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope you put a lot of this manifestation energy into or knowledge into it too. Like, I don't know what the whole premise of it is. You, you, but you, that's you know so what? Helpful. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because um, I will. Yeah. I will. It's great for people to hear that. It's so, I mean, just I, I'm somebody who actively does it, but a lot of people, you know, need these kind of inspirational things because not everybody's is dialed in. You know. Well, you know what? I think that a lot of times people see it, and again, it seems like an insurmountable thing until you break it down into pieces, and then you're like, oh yeah, like immediately, right? Ahud was like, hey, you have this example and that example. Right. Once you start to break it into pieces, you're like. Oh, I have that info too mm-hmm. of things that I've I done. I do too. I can think of We all do. We all do. We all do. So it's possible that, and it's not like the universe is going to be like, oh no, I've run out of ideas. No, right, right. motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's not. Trust is not going to run out of ideas. There's enough out here. There's more than enough for, for all of us. So you just have to know what the step by step process is to make it into bite sized chunks. 
And then after that, you'll get a sign from the universe, you're headed in the right direction. And then you keep reproducing that. Yeah. Even I'll, if you get off course, you know, they say that like flying from, from LA to New York, they say, you know, if you put the plane on autopilot, most of autopilot is just the plane making little tiny corrections. Yeah. Right. That's all it is. That's what we're doing when you're trying to get someplace far. Most of the time, you're just making little tiny, just correcting the nose, just a little bit here, here, here. Yeah. They said when you take off, most of the time, if you just let the plane fly, you'd end up in fucking Canada somewhere. Just little tiny corrections. That's all we're doing every day. Yeah. Have and you heard of this book called Atomic Habits? I have that book. Yeah, that's a I good one. I haven't read it yet. Well, it's good because he talks about it just like the little tiny movements, like getting into these habits and not like overwhelming yourself but making a little progress every day and it adds up exponentially over time i just bought that book the book that i read is called mini habits okay so that's what's what's um over the last couple of years has allowed me to to stay in the pocket mini habits it's called mini habits yeah and law of attraction that's the other one and yeah and the, and the law of attraction there's a book that you should get with that it's called excuse me my life is waiting but excusing my life is waiting is only about attaching emotion. Okay, I need that one. Emotion is the it's the key. It's yes, the fire. Yes, my ex ex gave me law of attraction, and I don't even know. You know what? I don't think she would be mad about this. But her cousin, who is an extreme, you know what? I'll just say this: an extremely successful actress. Okay, was who like is it? I I'm know. Just kidding. <laughs> she was like Sanaa was like, you gotta get this other book. And she was like, this is the this is the elixir. Mm. The law of attraction, great. And they, they say in the law of attraction, the emotions and in the secret. But once you attach the, excuse me, your life is waiting. And then by the grace of God, you know, years later taking Meisner. And Meisner is um, acting cl classes are all about controlling your emotion. They're about getting into the actual feeling place, not pretending that you're mm -hmm. sad, but finding something to trigger you in your brain so that when you're in that scene, you really are fucked up. Right. Because that energy travels. Yeah. That feeling is why we can watch something on a flat screen TV and be crying in our living room. Right. That energy moves. Yeah. So once you can get into the feeling place, the love language of the universe is feeling. Yeah. It's not some fucking idea. Right. The, the universe speaks feeling. If you can keep yourself in the feeling place of a private jet, you will be on a fucking private jet. How you get on that jet is not your job. Right. You're not that fucking smart. None of us are. Yeah. As to how it's going to happen. Because if universe. you locked me in a room for 10 years and said, how are you going to be on a private jet for the first time? I would have never said, Trey's going to call me and say, yo, John. They just hit me about the Super Bowl. You coming with? I would have never guessed that. Right. N not my job. My job is to focus on what does it feel like coming down the fucking steps of a private jet, right? Posting it on my gram and being like, "Yeah, bitch, I told y'all." You know what I mean? What am I gonna order on the jet? What does the jet sound like? What does it smell like? Yeah. You can stay locked in for that. You get whatever you want. And it's important to not worry about how that happens because once you start doing that, you're out of the feeling of already having it. You're like all of a sudden up in your analytical mind getting all neurotic like, but wait, this won't work out and how this? And then what you're not doing then is feeling like you're on a private jet. And your only job is to feel like you're on a private jet because if you go back, like I said, if you go back and look at those other examples and you say, well, did I know that this is how I was going to get this? None of that. Right. Not in, in, in none of those examples will you be like, oh, and then I was going to. I got to high school. I was 5'8". 
Really? It was five foot eight. Damn. I remember they listed me at five ten in the basketball game, and I fell out laughing. I was like, these motherfuckers <laughs> put me at five ten. I was five eight. 130, 140 pounds? Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, I wanted to rob banks. I had no idea that I was going to grow to be 6'4 and right. faster than the, the guys who were 5'8, five, 5'9. Five, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, so, so you never know how it's going to come about. Not my job. Right. It's not my motherfucking. Wasn't my job to figure out how those two films. What? I was going to write down, oh, then my, my house is going to burn down. Right. And then a documentary <laughs> film. No. No, yeah. you don't. No, no, you don't have that. Right. Yeah, you don't have that at your disposal, bro. Yeah, not your job to figure out how the sun is gonna pop heart, up tomorrow. Child. Yeah, bless, bless your heart, child. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you, man. Thank Thanks for coming so on. Oh man, we really. Thank, that thank was super enlightening. Very inspiring. And inspiring. Thank you guys for having me, man. I'm honored to be on here. I've I've, I've heard about this dope show for a long time, man. So I'm happy to. That's be That's an honor to hear, man. Thank you. I'm happy to be part of the, the the cool kids table that you guys have had on this joint. That's awesome. And Blap is coming soon. Blap is coming, man. End of May, man. Um, it'll be on the goddamn app store, and then we going for it, baby. Okay, we're yeah. we're here for it for sure. And check out John's gram. He was, he was funny. He, he, was, he was funny. And is funny. It's mm. awesome. All right. Thank Thanks, you everyone. Thank you, Thanks, Ahoo. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.